guys, Colleen Hunt from Gluten Free Gold, based in the Lake of Panama. And today we're going to talk about uh, belief. Um, I was watching a video today, and that's what, see, as soon as I start a video, I start yawning, and that's basically what, what, subject of the video was was belief and I think belief has an awful lot to do with with how far you go in life I remember when I grew up um, it was believed that women could be secretaries cashiers teachers and nurses um, they didn't have the sense that they were too sensitive to do anything else. And as time goes on, um, mom, when I was, oh, nine or 10, she used to operate equipment in the mill. So that was in the early seventies, which was highly unusual. And then um, she used to drive truck and, uh, when my sister and myself and mom were working on a road construction crew, she was driving the water truck. Well, at first we were all flaggers and then she was driving the water truck and we were flaggers. So I always grew up with the belief that, that Personally, there was more for me and that there were choices. Um, and I don't know where I got that belief. I always thought, and probably a lot of other people think the same way, I always felt and thought that there was a purpose for me. I had, I had a reason that I was here. I had a reason that I was put on this earth to do. And I was a bartender, barmaid, um, janitor, chambermaid, uh, cook, um, maintenance mechanic for 15 years. And those were all great jobs that served the purpose at that time. Um, Barmaid bartender, I needed to work nights and make money, so I always had cash on him with, when the kids were small. Um, a janitor, a chambermaid. Uh, chambermaid, I, I worked as a chambermaid at a couple places, and that was, I had no other place to stay. I didn't have a dime to my name. Um, I worked in Bev at the Bamp Springs, the tip money that the people left on their pillows or under their pillows was what paid for my meals. And then when I uh, worked at a janitor at the university and um, at the school boards, because it was something that I knew how to do. Cleaning was something I knew how to do. My place was always spotless where the kids were growing up. And then uh, maintenance mechanic is, I, I wanted a, a job that on pay on paper sh showed that I made a good living, 
so I could buy my first house. And the kids were in school. They were older, so I could work days so I would be home at night. But it didn't work that way all the time because sometimes I worked double shifts. So I'd be gone before they left, and I'd be back after they went to bed. And uh, then I'd be gone again before they got up, so it'd be two or three days before I saw them. But it was always the belief that that was where I was supposed to be at the time. But there was always a, a nagging, oh, I don't know what you would call it. It's just the thought that there was, there was something more for me out there. And if I believed it, I would be led to the something. Because um, there, there were so many avenues. I, I was a, a, a great maintenance mechanic. Um, some of my equipment was huge. When I worked in Detroit, uh, I w worked making solar panels. And the one piece of equipment had six two-and-a-half-mile rolls of thin uh, stainless steel. And it was longer than the length of a football field. And I interviewed for three months for that position. They had to advertise for it. They brought me down there. And then I became one of the shift maintenance people. And then before that, I worked as a, a shift maintenance person for a paper mill that was changed into a uh, cardboard factory. They made cardboard of recycled material. And in that job, they taught you, uh, my specialty from school was instrumentation, and they taught me um, rigging, hoisting, uh, electrical, um, uh, uh, electronics, um, the, the safety things that I needed to know. Um, uh, when you were a shift maintenance person and the equipment was really old. So they preferred not to shut it down. I think it cost them 25 to $50,000 an hour when the equipment was down. So that equipment worked continuously. And there were things like when you change the brakes on the rollers that took the paper off the mill, you had 30 minutes, 30 minutes before they needed that, that brake stand where that roll was on. So in that 30 minutes, you had to, you, you had a small little hole in this metal cage where you changed these brakes that were red hot. Heaven forbid you dropped a screw or something. And it was, it was a time crunch item. Like all the items in that place, you had 15 to 20 minutes that you had to tell your lead hand, the shift foreman, if you could fix it or not. And if you needed more than 15, 20 minutes, he would figure out a way to slow down the process to give you that time. But heaven forbid that you made the call that you were going to shut down the thing. Like you, you just didn't want to. So I believed at the time in those, those, 
job positions that they were there for a reason, but that wasn't the reason I, I'm here on earth. And then I remember, I can't say like yesterday because I forget what I did yesterday. I remember, I think it was 2013, 2014. I had been doing it for a couple of years, uh, the gluten-free baking in the farmer's markets. And I was in my kitchen and my kitchen was, my kitchen was very basic, but my kitchen was huge. It was the length of the house, half the width. And I had my kitchen area, it was commercialized and it worked really good. And then the other half of the kitchen area, I had my, my uh, employees work for the packaging. And it came to the point that we took over the entire main floor because the business was expanding so well. The business was doing good. We were starting to finally break even to the point of even making a profit. And um, I was in the kitchen and the thought came to me that, you could do this anywhere in the world. And I never thought I would ever, and the, the first thought I had was, yeah, I could. I could do this anywhere in the world. The second thought was, who are you kidding? You wouldn't go anywhere else in the world. And you see, in like three years, that changed. Yeah. Two or three years, that changed. When I realized I was going through my divorce, and I had researched what was available. It was the peak of uh, real estate in Alberta at the time. And every Sunday, which was my supposed to be my day off, me and my dog would go in my truck, and we would go up and down roads looking for properties looking for for sale signs looking for something that was in within a half an hour to 45 minute uh driving range of edmonton for a place for me to move to and um we couldn't find anything but then i went well I've exhausted every avenue I could think of. Uh, I spent so much time looking at ads and real estate and people looking for me and what have you. I had a real estate agent looking for me that I just finally said, you know, maybe Alberta's not where I'm supposed to be. I believed that I was supposed to be somewhere. But my belief was that it wasn't going to be Edmonton. So I started looking and then it came to me to move to Panama. And I am the last person that would think of moving to a foreign country. 
that's what rich people do. That's what the privileged people do. That's what everybody else but our family does. Until I started investigating it. I started researching it. I started going on YouTube. I started reading articles. And I went, why not? I believe I'm here for a reason. I believe I'm here to use my skill with gluten-free baking. And I believe maybe it's not Alberta where I'm supposed to be. So I made all the plans. I booked all everywhere that I wanted to visit on my first few months. And um, I took the leap of faith. The leap of faith that that if it wasn't where I was supposed to be, as I believed, then I would know right away. If it was where I was supposed to be, things would fall in place. Because there's always a, you're on a course, and if you start getting things thrown in your way to change your course then that's not the route you're supposed to go on. It's not someone saying, oh, we want to make it harder. It's someone saying, okay, we've let you go along this route, but you're not taking a hint, so let's slap you on the side of the head and show you the right way that you're supposed to go. So I, uh, I guess I got that slap on the side of the head in Edmonton. And then um, came here, and it was hard. It was hard at first, but I had some wonderful friends that I made, my neighbors in uh, downtown Boquete that, that helped me get through the first few months and made Panama my home. So now... I still believe I'm supposed to be here for a reason. I don't know how long I'm supposed to be here, but I know I'm supposed to be here for a reason. But I also believe that that from the moment I closed the shop, doors have been closing as far as the baking gluten free. Um, when I got got up that morning. I had no intention of closing the bakery. Um, the second car we had bought, it wouldn't work. Uh, a bunch of things that week went bad. And it was like just toppling, piling on, on each other to the point that uh, things were just driving me crazy. And then I went and I went, uh, uh, picked up mom. I went back to the store. And on the way going back to the store, I said, and I, I have no idea where that thought came from. I said, Mom, I think we're going to close the business. And she says, good. She had had enough. We were working. We had worked for the last, like right now, we work for free. Um, with the expenses, the flour and what have you, there is no money for salaries for us. 
So we work basically just to keep us in supplies, which is not a profitable business, but it covers like the electricity and it covers the our basic food and it covers the insurance and gas for the car. But if I made half of what I made now, not baking, it would still be 100% more because we wouldn't be buying the supplies. So from the moment I decided to close the bakery, it was like, what a relief. I had at that time been uh, interested in looking for a relationship and talking to some people and explaining that I put in 14-hour days was not a good point to bring up. But it was a point that had to be brought up. Um, my kids were having kids. And I wanted to spend time with the grandbabies. So even though we have a really good following and we have an established name, we were, we were working ourselves to the bone. So we had closed the bakery. We had sold the equipment. Um, now our supplier will not um, order one of our key ingredients in bulk. And then there is a couple other things that, oh, yes, that's right. My allergy doctor said I can't bake anymore. So, like, the things are, are tumbling on, on my path saying that's not the way to go. You have to. Choose your route. Yeah, I thought it was this one, but obviously it's not. So start looking for the way you're supposed to be going. And um, that's what I've been trying to do. Because I believe I'm still supposed to be here. And I believe I'm supposed to be on the new route that I've, I've started in September with the trainings that I have done. And the experiences that I've had to improve my future. But um, time will tell. But I've always had the belief that I'm here for a reason. And I know uh, not everyone does. Not every, I think everyone has been born with a purpose in their life. And if they, by the end of their lifetime, have not served the purpose, they're going to keep coming back until that purpose is served. And I hope that this is my purpose. I really do. Um, we're going to launch our new sales page on Monday at 4 p.m. So I'm really excited. And... Uh, basically, I'm trying to get everything, all the the loose ends tied up, everything uh, organized, 
and try to stay out of the kitchen as much as possible so I don't get sick. Um, it's uh, it's really hard for me because of the allergies. I'm I'm petrified of getting sick again. So so. I don't know what your beliefs are. I don't know if you think the same way as I do. But I know everyone is here for a reason. And like they say, what is it? A person is either in your life for a season or a reason. And that has proven time and time again through my lifetime. So I'm trying to do the best I can. I'm trying to do what I believe I'm supposed to be doing. And I know if I'm not in the right direction, I'll be having another door to close on my route. But I'm trying to find a way, guys, a way to allow you guys to be able to have your gluten-free bread while not making myself sick for weeks at a time. So... Colleen Hunt from Gluten Free Gold, based in Delega, Panama. Bye. Hi guys, Colleen Hunt from Gluten Free Gold, based in Delega, Panama.